0: Welcome to the Accra Community Church Podcast. As you listen to God's word today, may it become for you fresh water for your thirsty soul, give you hope to cope, and wisdom to thrive, excel, and become everything God says you are. God bless you as you listen to today's sermon. So this morning, I have quite a short word. Today, we also have communion service. And I hope that so this is the this is the burden on my heart. Life is war is an old, you know, you used to see that written on Trotros wherever you pass, you know, life is war. Uh, and sometimes you see to be a man, and then at the other side of the vehicle, you see Nawau. <laughs> it's not life isn't easy. And because the things we fight against are so many it can be quite frustrating when you sometimes discover that quite a number of our most serious battles are self-generated and quite unnecessary. You know, so in, in the military, they call that friendly fire when for some reason, whether by accident or by mischief or somebody losing their temper or somebody going bonkers, they turn their weapons against their own side and quite a lot of soldiers die in battle from friendly fire and we live in a time when a lot of Christian homes are under fire so the people who are supposed to stand side by side and face the enemy out there have turned each other into their own enemy and the Bible says if a kingdom is divided against itself Cannot stand. It's impossible that a kingdom that is divided against itself can stand. You know? So this is not about praying and fasting. <laughs> it is, it is not about. That's why when Jesus was about to leave in John forty, John chapter seventeen, when he was praying for the church, he said, "Father, I pray that they may be united." Amen It is true for the church And it is true for every Christian home But today I came specifically to speak to Christian men Because we are around the season of Father's Day And we live in a time when masculinity As scripture teaches Is not something we talk about very often So today I want to give a short word called Lead, lead like a man Lead like Christ Lead like a man Lead like Christ. The buzzword in a lot of woke circles is patriarchy. (laughs) We live in a time when everybody will tell you, including myself sometimes, in certain scenarios, that all the problems in the world are caused by men. Whether it's environmental pollution or war (laughs) or conflict. In fact, even the coronavirus getting out of hand was because a bunch of men were so arrogant and so slow (laughs) and they didn't respond in time and now millions have died from this pandemic. So it is not shocking to hear that but what that has created this whole rise against patriarchy, the rise against patriarchy can be justified at so many levels and in many ways I agree but what it has also created Is this, I remember hearing somebody say the latest swear word is submit. Like nobody wants to hear the word submission. You know, and a lot of men have lost the courage to be men because strong men have ruined the world, and it is not cool to be a strong man, to be a man. Who is assertive and confident, and that can be a problem also. You know, any the world, anything, any anytime anything goes out of balance, there's a problem. So excessive masculinity, toxic masculinity is a problem, but a world run by emasculated men is also a problem. And where do we find the balance? So lead. Like a man, lead like Christ In Genesis chapter 3 Verse 6 This is the early accounts Of humankind according to the Bible In Genesis chapter 3 The first man and his wife Were living a very beautiful life Everything was perfect They had no bills to pay They had no mortgage issues they had no welfare issues (laughs) there was no pandemic and then they got a visitor a talking serpent appears and decides to speak to the woman and by chapter 3 verse 6 the bible says the woman was convinced and she saw that the tree was beautiful and its fruit looked delicious and she wanted the wisdom it would give her. In First John, the apostle wrote and said, Love not the world, neither the things in the world. For he that loves the world, the Father's love is not in them. The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eye, and the pride of life are the things in the world amen and these are the three things the devil enticed the woman with something beautiful i haven't met a person who doesn't like something beautiful like who will go to a garage <laughs> and say of all the cars here i want the ugliest I used to love ugly shoes And still love the Crocs In fact, I think About 70% of the time There used to be a time When 90 something percent of the time If you saw me, I was in Crocs And it didn't matter where (laughs) Whether It was a very important meeting Or in my backyard It didn't matter I was always in Crocs And I only loved them because they were ugly And comfortable (laughs) but most people are not like that most people love what is beautiful and they love what is delicious you know? I mean this is why we have all these uh, uh, chef channels and cooking these things and all these programs we all love what is, what is delicious you know, after service we are going to be selective where we eat and normally we look out for what is delicious but also affordable so there are places you avoid when you are broke But delicious is always important You never go to a place where The food was really bad A second time And then she wanted the wisdom That the devil said It would give her Everybody likes wisdom Everybody likes To be wise There's nothing wrong with that you know. So really there's nothing wrong with these things The only problem was The woman was enticed to look for what is beautiful and what is delicious And what promises her wisdom in the wrong place This could have been the man, this is not a gender problem You know all the men I know are also attracted to wisdom. Some of you, after all these years, are still writing exams and in school and acquiring further education. There's nothing wrong with that. And we all like, what's beautiful? In fact, some of, men, some of us men show off our wives and once they start looking differently from how we met them, we start complaining. For some of us so for some of us yet yeah, oh you're losing too much weight. Everybody will think I can't take care of you. And for other men it's like you know you know I renewed your gym subscription, right? <laughs> they want a beautiful wife. And if she can cook in fact some men themselves are great cooks and if they can really cook they brag about it we all like what's delicious and all of us have aspirations of success there's nothing wrong with these things it is where we tend to look for them at and when this person came this serpent came and promised the woman these three amazing things all of which they already had anyway (laughs) The devil wasn't promising them anything they didn't already have. Adam failed at his assignment as the man. Adam couldn't look at a beautiful woman he loved in the face and tell her no darling, this is not what God says. Adam's courage failed him. And to be fair, like Adam, all of us can't stop other people from talking to our wives as men. You know, I, I mean, I think about eighty percent of my wife's friends are male. Either <laughs> you know? some even call her wife and girlfriend, and some are sitting here pretending to be Christian. I can't. <laughs> I can't stop them from talking to my wife. You know, you you, you can't do that. I mean, really, like you shouldn't you shouldn't try stopping other people from talking to your wife. You can't always control who has your wife's attention. Today I'm speaking to men. You you can't, you know. There's some new soap opera and she likes it, you know, and you don't like it. But, but that's what she likes. And so you respect that. You know, like you will never watch it even if they paid you a million dollars. But she likes it. That's Rata, whatever it's called, you know. And then you see Indians, and then there's a chi voiceover. So you're looking at this very Indian woman in very Indian, you know, very, very Indian settings. And she's like, hey, Brah Kwami, ain't you last week? And like, what's going on here? This is bizarre. But she likes it. <laughs> she likes it. So you respect that. You can't control who has your wife's attention. But the one thing God demands from the Christian man is that he'll be like Christ. Amen. So today, we are quickly going to look at how to lead like Christ as men. Amen. The only thing Adam was required to do was to speak the truth Stand by the truth And defend the truth In spite of Amen this is, this is his calling He was the original recipient Of the divine instruction And when she brought him the apple He knew where it was coming from The bible says he was actually there When the devil was talking to the woman But sometimes we are so much in love we bend you know, sometimes the money is so good we bend and I want to say this morning that Adam's main failing was his courage courage Maya Angelou said courage is the most important of all the virtues because without courage you cannot practice any other virtue consistently you can practice any virtue erratically but nothing consistently without courage. The call to the man is a call to courage because there'll be many, many times when your calling will be questioned. You know, there'll be better, better promising jobs like in the garden, like when the devil showed up promising them better. But actually it was much worse than what they already had. You know, and your wife will say, No, no, this job really, and, and deep down your deepest conviction, where you are, you believe is where God wants you to be. How do you stand by that courageously? How do you do that? Too many times when we talk about the Christian man, whether as leader in his home. As husband as father as leader in church or at work we tend to think I mean we don't say it but we tend to think the call of the man I think uh, this this thing is distracting me there's enough distance uh, covid protocols the experts are here we tend to think the call of the man is to dominate his family And we'll quote scriptures like, God God said, I know my servant Abraham, that he will command his household after me. But that's not our calling. Our calling is not to rule our homes like warlords, or, you know, that's not the calling. The calling is to lead as Christ led. Amen. And the question is, how did Christ lead? In Philippians chapter 2 verse 6 to 11 the Bible says though Christ was God he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to instead he gave up his divine privileges he took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being when he appeared in human form he humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on a cross. Therefore, because of that level of humility, verse 9 says, Therefore, God elevated him to the place of highest honor and gave him the name above all other names that are the name of Jesus. Every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth and every tongue declare." that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father Amen the Bible is telling us that Jesus Christ's humility his vulnerability his honesty are the reasons for his elevation Amen so when people I mean I don't like watching movies from Hollywood with fathers in there because the typical Hollywood dad nowadays looks like a buffoon, you know. He, he doesn't seem to know, especially in the comedies, you know. He doesn't seem to know what he's about, and that is also very different from the kind of dad some of us had in Africa, who had very special seats in the house that nobody else could sit on. It was like a shrine, you know. They have this seat nobody can sit on, and uh, had their own utensils nobody else can touch, had their own plates and they were worshipped you know. and the impression you get is the man is to be worshipped the man of the house is next to God and yet in this example of masculinity that Christ models for us he says no I am the one whose name is Emmanuel I am the God who in spite of my Godness is so humble I squeezed myself into clay to be born and to live among you. I am the humble God. And if you want to learn to be a man, you must follow my humility, follow my example. And this, he took his time and modeled and demonstrated to his disciples. Many of us Christian men think the wife is to be ordered around. You can't do this. You don't have my permission to. When I say one, you say a thousand. Of course, she's a woman. Women have special ability to say a thousand. There's nothing wrong with that. But part of this attitude we have is also because we don't properly understand the scriptural standard for the first couple. Many times we interpret man as head to mean man as boss. So the man's job is to boss everybody around. But Jesus didn't model that. Jesus didn't go around bossing everybody around. You will not find that in scripture. But in case you don't so much like Jesus, let's go back to Genesis. Back to chapter 1. The creation account. God creating humankind and telling you why his purpose for creating humankind. So verse 26 to 28 says, then God said, let us make human beings in our image to be like us. They, I'm reading from the New Living Translation. So not the man, but the couple, both the man and the woman, they will reign over the fish in the sea, the birds in the sky, the livestock, All the wild animals on the earth And the small animals that scurry Along the ground 27 So God created human beings In his own image In the image of God he created them And in case We may make the mistake of Still insisting it is just a man He says no Male and female He created them Then God blessed Both of them and said Be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and govern it. Both the man and the woman. Both the male and the female. Are to govern it. Amen. Reign over the fish in the sea. The birds in the sky. All the animals that scurry. Along the ground. Then God said look. I have given you every seed bearing plant. Throughout the earth. And all the fruit trees for your food. And I have given every grain plant has food for all the wild animals the birds in the sky and the small animals that scurry along the ground everything that has life and that is what happened then God looked over all he had made and he saw that it was very good amen so this concept in our traditions and our cultures in most cultures around the world where we think the man is the only one with brain he is the only one who can see and can think so he only barks instructions at his wife and children it's actually not scriptural in fact <laughs> the scripture says no he created a male and female and he, he called both of them to leadership that is why when churches argue whether women can be pastors or women can lead I, I laugh in fact all the countries doing so well now in the world, like really, really doing well, are led by women. And some by very young women. <laughs> you know, But that shouldn't surprise us because the scriptures tell us that he created a male and female and both of them were given capacity to lead. In other words, both of them were given capacity to think. Now, this is what happens when a man is authoritarian. You perform at 50% the capacity God has blessed you with. This is important. I have a lot of friends who are married and I can tell you if just off my head in about 80% of the relationships the women are smarter. Like we went to school together and they were better at at school. I mean, they were better. They are (laughs) smarter. it is not they say, I say if you like, I will bring names and if you challenge me I will go back to the schools we went to and pull up terminal results they were smarter maybe this is why men tend to insist on submit, submit (laughs) because we know we can't compete (laughs) so we have to enforce but this is the beautiful thing if I'm riding a bicycle and God brings along somebody who has a motorbike why do I feel that as a man I insist she gets off the motorbike and joins me on the bicycle because I am the head and a lot of women because they've also been wired and programmed to submit you know he's your lord and your master if, uh, Sarah called her husband Lord. And all that. She would also get off her motorbike. And join you on a bicycle. But then what happens is that. You. Your wife. Your children. Your descendants after you. Move at the pace of a bicycle. When God in his wisdom. In the creation story. Looked at the man and said. He can do better if I send him the right kind of help. So I'm sending him somebody with a motorbike. So God blessed you. And actually brought along somebody who had a plane. So your family could move at the speed of a plane. But, you know, the tribe I come from, a woman, you know. So even when you are going out and you are broke, she puts money in your wallet. So you'll be seen as the man paying. And I'm like, to prove what? What's the point? What's the point? The most, there are many types of leadership. Most of us, if, if we've worked, we've had, we've had corporate experience, we've had all sorts of bosses with all sorts of leadership styles. But the most effective type of leadership is what Christ models for us. And it is called servant leadership. The man's calling to lead is a calling to servanthood, not to lordship. Amen. This is extremely important. In fact, if the the family was a house, the man is the foundation. I have never had anybody come to our home and go like wow you have a very beautiful foundation it's never happened in fact we do have a beautiful foundation I think it is full of soil and rocks and iron rods and it's a box sitting down there (laughs) it's not attractive if the Christian home was a house the man is not a roof he's the foundation and the foundation determines how high the building can go. But most of the time, nobody sees it. So the fancies will tell you that a one, it is when the frog dies that we see how, how tall it was. You know, because every day, it's, you know, it's in that squatting position, ready to, to, to hop or leap. I don't know what frogs do. But when it dies, it stretches like, oh, that was a tall frog. This is the destiny of men. And, and and what this also means is that normally when you're a Christian man doing what God has called you to do, most of the time you are not going to be very appreciated. You know, because you know children love their mummies, we all love their mummies. I love my mommy. Most of us are mummies boys and mummies girls. It's it's normal. We all love our mummies. But daddy. You know, even when they are little, I remember when Paco was very, very little, he, he came around and he was looking around. I'm like, Paco, do you need anything? And I could tell he was hungry. He had very particular behavior patterns. And you don't, it's, it was as if I was speaking to a piece of wood. He was hungry and he was looking for breast milk and I was totally useless. <laughs> so he ignored me, went looking for his mommy. Mommies are very useful. You know. But this is our calling as men. It's a call to servant leadership. In Mark chapter 10. Verse 42 to 45. The Bible says. Calling them to himself. Jesus said to them. This is Jesus calling his disciples to himself. And talking to them. He says you know that. Those who are recognized as rulers of the Gentiles. Lord it over them. And are great men. The great men of the Gentiles. Exercise authority over them but it is not this way among you but whoever wishes to become great among you shall be your servant and whoever wishes to be first among you shall be slave of all for for even the son of man this is verse 45 of Mark chapter 10 for even the son of man did not come to be served but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many amen Christ Jesus our Lord this morning we drove from far some of us wanted to keep sleeping but because we love Jesus so much we came Christ earned our worship through his sacrifice through his service and if we as his followers and specifically we as men who follow him want respect is going to be the same way. We would have to pay the same price. We would have to pay the price of serving. Amen. So I want to challenge you that it is not the coolest thing. It is not what we were taught. It isn't how we were brought up. But Jesus will always be our example. And if you follow him, you'll end up with a home that beautifully, beautifully reflects reflects Christ. You may look stupid to some people, what kind of man is this? Hey. But this is what he teaches. He's the one who washed the disciples' feet. As the husband, are you the feet washer in the home? Jesus actively, actively served his disciples. Actively. And he continues to serve us. He has a throne, a very beautiful throne, but the Bible says he stands at the right-hand side of the Father, interceding constantly on our behalf. He's not sitting on his throne. He's standing on our behalf. He's standing there, interceding for you and me. He is still serving. Amen. So, so this is our calling. This is our calling. It is not to lord over us our families, to bark out instructions. It is not to deliberately clip the wings of our wives and our children because their success intimidates us. No, it is to set them free. Amen. It is, it is to let them blossom because we are there. When you read the Genesis account and you read, and the Lord blessed them, the word in, 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 the, in the Hebrew, the expression he blessed them means that he gave them the capacity to maximize their full potential. Amen. That is why all of us must strive to die empty, that we come to this place where we we fulfill our full assignment. You know? Jesus was very sure what his purpose was. Isaiah 61 prophesied it. That the spirit of the Lord is upon me. He has anointed me to set captives free. Heal the broken hearted. You know. And then he, Luke chapter 4. He enters the temple. Picks the, picks the scroll of uh, the prophet Isaiah. And goes straight to it. I said this is my mission. You know? Too many men don't even know their purpose. Because they are confused. They are unsure. And yet because God knew. That you are not perfect. You will struggle sometimes with decisions. Sometimes you feel insecure. Sometimes life will give you a beating. He sent you a helpmate. Amen. He sent you a helper. The word for the wife, the description of the wife in that scripture is the same description for the Holy Spirit when Jesus said, I will send for you the comforter, the paracletus. It is the same role. Somebody who comes alongside you And equips you, strengthens you helps you do much better helps you go much further, helps you rise much faster than you could have done on your own and that person anybody who can help you to that extent is not a second class citizen they are not somebody to order about and trample upon they are somebody to be appreciated And may Christ grant us the humility, the courage to be vulnerable when vulnerability is required and the strength to always be honest, especially to the people who love us the most. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for your faithfulness. We thank you for your word. Thank you for your word. It's not an easy word. for some of us it goes against the culture and it goes against the upbringing and it it goes against our very wiring but this morning you are encouraging us to be humble to be vulnerable and to be honest as men to be humble especially when you bless us with a spouse to lead our families with humility and Jesus may this model you give us become our reality through the strength the Holy Spirit gives us. Help your children, Lord, in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Thank you for listening to today's sermon. If it blessed you, share it with a friend. For more information on how to fellowship with Accra Community Church, visit our website, www.accrachurch.org. God bless you.